Yo, yo, this is Treasy. And I'm Young Leezy. And we are the On Ear Network. We know you've heard our tag at the end of this show, but it dawned on us that we've never really introduced ourselves. So we wanted to invite you to listen to all of our podcasts. Right now, our roster consists of And Then We Had Sex, a comedy couple that talks about their sex life with an occasional celebrity. The Locker Room, where men take off their filters and say how they really feel. And Grams of Snow, for your underworld and organized crime stories. And of course, Kind of Movie Critics which is our show, where we deep dive into movies and TV. So if you enjoy this show, check out some of One Ear's other podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's start the show. Please be advised, the Kind of Movie Critics podcast may contain spoilers. This includes most of the movies you're going to want to see. This shit also contains profanity, so there's that. Enjoy. Yo, yo, this is Treasy. Hey, hey, this is Corey. It's Martin Amell, man. It's your man Chandler. And I'm Young Leezy. Kind of movie critics fully assembled for uh, The Harder They Fall. Pause. I feel like I got to say. But just because what? of the word harder. Yeah. Just because of the word harder. I, I always say The Harder They Come because I'm always thinking of that Jamaican Whoa. movie. Whoa. Yeah, that, other, that Jamaican Whoa. movie. Yeah. We were talking about that in my workplace today. In my work. An, an NSFW joke was made about it. Oh, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, hey, super pause with that. Yeah. That's actually pausey. I don't see anything about no about this movie. This Absolutely movie that's pausey. No, yeah. you hella homophobic trees. I mean, <laughs> so we you know, man. I, just, I got you know, you know, for the culture, I gotta do it. You know, you never know when Dame Dash is listening to these podcasts. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I didn't think till now that yeah, he's definitely referencing that movie for sure with like the reggae songs. Mm. Yeah, it seems like there's a few Easter eggs in this in this particular movie, man. Uh, oh, uh, did I? Yeah, I mentioned it. The harder they fall, Netflix. That's what we're talking about today's episode, as as prompted by the title in the episode that you clicked on. Uh, but yeah, did, did y'all? There there seemed to be a lot of Easter eggs. I mean, I caught a few of them, but I would imagine yeah. there's more of them. So I mean, the Chadwick Boseman one on the train. That was that one's pretty easy to spot. Yeah. Uh, Zazie Beats has the domino makeup from Deadpool. She has the circle around her eye. She did. Yep. Which is very nerdy. She did when when they were getting on the um when the uh uh what's the guy's name? Oh, what was Idris Elba's character's name in this? Uh Rufus Buck. Yeah, Rufus the Rufus Buck. Buck game when they were getting on the train and uh Regina Regina King did the thing, the Malcolm X joint. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That was that was that. I'm trying to think. There was some other ones. There was were. a Carter and Carter like store. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. For Jay Z and Beyonce. Yeah, and there was also in the in the White Town. There was a something called like Ty Ty something. And you know, if anybody knows about Jay Z, his right hand man Ty Ty. There was a reference to him I've in there. Never heard anyone say it like that. Ty Ty. I thought it was Ty Ty. Ty Ty. Ty Ty. Ty Ty. Yeah. No, I thought it was T Y T Y. No, it's T Y T it's T Y T Y. I thought. Or is it, it is, but I've never heard anyone say it like that. Oh, you know, <laughs> you know, man. Well, welcome. Well, you know, I'm a real nigga, so you know, you know, I'm gonna say things, you know, a little different than you know. <laughs> Another than five that. minutes of my life, I wish I had back, just so you know. Dang. <laughs> Dang. I used to be everywhere. Dang. I'm up now. I'm a mom. I'm at home. <laughs> I'm a mom. I'm at home, just raising my child and cooking dinner. Nice big mom energy. Big, big drinking mom chai lattes because pumpkin would be too basic. Yeah, <laughs> so. pumpkin. I think it's for- a stretch to to call this an Easter egg, but like I felt a lot of homages stylistically to like 
the way that Tarantino sort of shoots those two westerns that he did. Mm-hmm. There's like a snap zoom in particular that I was like, oh, that's right out of like the opening credits of Django. Right. Well, and I guess he does that like 30 times during Django. Wait, yeah. Can we address that? I mean, how do you guys feel about this and, and what it owes stylistically to Tarantino? Because I, I talked about it on the episode of Act 3 that I did. I, I feel like, I personally feel like it owes a lot to his sort of revisionist historical thing that he's been on for the past 10 or so years. But that style in itself is heavily borrowed from black exploitation exactly films. that's what i was about to say yeah but i f- i still felt i mean especially with like how nerdy that deadpool reference is i didn't feel like it was a stretch to be like oh, okay i feel like james samuel or the bullets the bullets <laughs> yeah i felt like it wasn't a stretch to assume that he was definitely trying to in- inhabit that same sort of uh stylistic space that Tarantino does with like Django and I guess less so with the hateful eight more with more so with Django. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely see where, where maybe there was, I don't know if the word is homage or, you know, I don't know what the proper term is. There was definitely a a conscious element to it. I mean, even down to, you know, one of the producers on this film is Lawrence Bender and Lawrence Bender is a longtime collaborator with uh, Quentin Tarantino. So um, I, I think, I think, you know, you know, one. You know, it's too many times to be called a coincidence. You know what I mean? Too, mm-hmm. you know, too too many right. points of origin. So, um, I think that, I think he definitely had that. You know, had some influence going into there. But I mean, Tarantino is one of the you know the greatest American filmmakers. Even though, well, uh, sure, but I, I guess because I personally, you know, I'm watching the movie and I feel like as a huge Tarantino fan, I'm like, oh man, I see. You know, this is the debut feature from this director. Mm-hmm. And so naturally, in any sort of environment where I'm watching someone's debut feature, I'm trying to pick out who their influences are. And really, the the main one I come away from in this movie is Tarantino. Tarantino. And then, of course, she can go back to, like, Sergio Leone and stuff. But it's all right. th- through such a, a metatextual lens that you, it's, you can't ignore the Tarantino influence. But then, uh, if you can't tell from my voice, I am a white man. <laughs> and I don't want to I don't want to be the one who's like attributing this very black American work to He's not a American. Sum, to a sub okay, sure. I mean the Western is inherently American and a lot of the sure. actors are kind American, of Italian. Yeah, you're too, right. Yeah. He's a he's a he's a British director. Sure. Isn't he Seal's brother too, by the way? Yes. Yeah. Oh he is. I didn't know he this. Is. Yeah, they look the same too. I, somebody at work told me that. Whoa. And I was like, I didn't get it at first, but then I was like, oh, of course they like, they look like they. Yeah, would, that would makes be a lot of sense. Oh, is that right? Do we all look? No, let me stop. I'm just kidding. But uh, well, they are. Brothers. I did have to yeah, look really hard. I was like, familial relation. Yeah, no. They, when you say when you say they they you know the the few pictures that I saw of James James he uh they definitely I see the resemblance. Um, yeah. Yeah. That that that's. But I just cool. don't want to be the one who's saying like, oh, we it it's owed all to this white guy who uses the n-word and like every movie. far from far from i think i, I mean you know go ahead. Oh. I don't, i'm not I, saying that that's my whole point yeah got it we know <laughs> i told you you didn't you didn't mess up for i just want to start off and say <laughs> i'm trying to avoid being problematic i mean uh, but you you said you said the thing i think that this movie feels more akin to black exploitation mm-hmm. to me stylistically than a lot of other westerns that I've seen and mm-hmm. tonally it takes itself way more seriously than anything I've ever seen from Tar- Tarantino not that it's like 
unforgiven Clint Eastwood series. It's not that, but it's several notches above the playfulness of a Tarantino film. See, I don't think mm. I agree with you on yeah, that. I mean, I, mean, and me I, I think it's pretty playful. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. It I is playful, is... but I just, I don't, it doesn't, watching Tarantino's, like you get to a point where things are absurd and I don't think we ever cross that line here. I think that this movie, especially towards the end, has a lot of emotional sincerity, but I think if you're looking to Django Unchained, which is, would be the obvious parallel from his career, I think that movie also has a lot of emotionally sincere moments. So I, I found them to be very, very um, parallel, comparable. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, in terms of like, so this is his first film offer, like feature length offering, correct? He has a 51 minute film that I watched yesterday on YouTube, which is also a Western and features several of the same characters. Okay. Did so you like, like it? A, like a proof of concept. No. Basically. You didn't it like it? awful. <laughs> and it has real actors in it. That's crazy. What, what's what? Di- So what's different about it? It sucks. <laughs> I don't. And, and, and I wonder if. Some of the things that are good about this movie, we actually do owe to Tarantino. I'm not, I mean, like I said it, you didn't say it. But like that, that movie has like Jesse Williams in it. Isaiah Washington is in it. Erica Badu, Bokeem motherfucking Woodbine. That's why you didn't didn't like it. Rosario Dawson is in the movie. Michael K. Williams is in the movie. Oh, wow. And it still manages to fucking suck. Wow. Okay, so here's the interesting thing, because, you know, the only credited screenwriters here are James Samuel and a guy named Boaz, Boaz. Yakin, mm-hmm. who, uh, let's see, is uh, credited to The Rookie, which is that baseball movie with... Uh, <laughs> That's a cute movie. It is a cute movie. I saw that in the theater. That, who? What's the guy's name? He doesn't act anymore, really. The one yeah. from American Pie. I don't know. The short one. Fucking... No, uh, th- that was... Name? I thought that was Angels in the Outfield, wasn't it? No, that's the rookie. This is not no no no. This is not the baseball movie. This the rookie is an American buddy cop action film directed by Clint Eastwood. (laughs) No way. (laughs) Holy shit. Because wait, because this means that there's another film called The Rookie that came out like no more than twelve years later. Right. You you're right, Martin. It's not Angels in the Outfield. I think it's called Rookie of the Year that I'm talking about. Rookie of the Year. Okay, Dennis Quaid has a film called The Rookie as well, a Disney film, and it's about baseball. But Boaz wrote the rookie, the 1990 film, which okay. stars Clint Eastwood, and Charlie Sheen, Charlie Sheen, and Raul Julia. And Raul Julia, wow! <laughs> didn't, uh, Jesus. didn't Al Pacino and Colin Farrell do a movie about it had a rookie in it or something like that? Where he was um, like a that was oh, that I know was a CIA talking. movie. I forgot yeah, what it's called. Not though. the freshman. I'm sorry. Um, there are there are other people in this movie that I didn't mention. Okay. Okay. In this movie, so <laughs> we have to. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The recruit. That's what it was. The called. The recruit. Uh, Y'all gotta let me tell you because uh, right, yeah, like, go there's no reason that this movie should fucking suck. All right, go. Clifton Powell is in it. Oh Snoop, shit. Fe- Felicia Snoop Pearson is in it. Fucking Nate Parker is in this movie, and wow. it sucks. Do you hear this cast? Rosario wow. Dawson. <laughs> like. How does this happen? Wow. I mean, I got, you should spend an hour of your life. It's on YouTube. It's, and it's called They Die by Dawn. They die by I got dawn. another good fold here to this narrative. Boaz Yakin is married to Alma Harrell, who directed that incredible uh, Shia LaBeouf semi-biopic, Honey Boy. Oh, yeah. Honey Boy. That was my shit. 
Wow. So, but my question is, right, if there's only two screenwriters on it, do we credit the whole thing to Boaz? Then? If you're saying that this other film that's basically just James Samuel doing a Western thing with the same characters, if that sucks and this is good, then there's why is There's a stagecoach Mary in this and there's a Rudolph Buck in it too. I'm not even making this shit up. Wow. And like Snoop's character is very close to Cuffy. She's dressed like very androgynous and she works in Stagecoach Mary's saloon. Erica Badu is Stagecoach Mary, another actress with green eyes. There's a lot happening here. <laughs> well, so, I mean, well, it sounds like that this They Die by Dawn was pretty much like a proof of concept. You know, the, the, the IP that got him, you know, that they were able to watch this and maybe say, okay, it's not that good, but we see the potential in this and Let's Giancarlo get, Esposito. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the cast. This is very How does it suck, though? Harry Lennox. I mean, David Banner's in this. Like, yes. Jeez, <laughs> Denzel Whitaker. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, he, Kelly, Kelly who? Is that how you pronounce the last name? Hugh or who? It's, I think it's who. Man, yeah. It's kind of like Treasy. Uh, what was the Australian show we were watching about the criminal dude? My memory is terrible. The, the the criminal dudes Austria oh 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 uh, Mr in between yeah like Mr in between I think did the same thing like they it was a short film right and then it, and then they you know were like all right yo we'll we'll put some money behind this and turn it into turn it into a show so. yeah. what's the what's the runtime on something could be considered like a full length feature an hour think, and a half no I think it's like an hour I think it's an hour and like ten for real to, oh, okay to so this is considered a short because it's like it's like fifty I, when I looked at it, it was 47 minutes, but I don't think they show you like the full credits, but got it. it's it that so like some people in this movie are obviously better actors than others. Mm-hmm. This might be the worst Jesse Williams I've ever seen. Um, it, it's just bad. Right. See, see, so my question is it's like, all right, that's his first offering. You've got a star studded cast like that. And then you, 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 you double down with the harder they fall. Like, what what would you guys estimate like project this budget to be like 50 million 60 million for the harder they fall for the harder they fall i was going to go with 40 to 50 yeah i was going to say 40 i don't know i see i think the sets and costumes look pretty expensive and there's a lot of location stuff that made me think maybe it's closer to like 70 or 80 man that's how i'm feeling too man and then when just off the cast alone i mean you've got yeah you know, you've got some heavy hitters, man. Regina King, Idris, Delroy, like. Well, if you want to get real, like inside baseball, I think having Jay Z producing this thing, I think he might have been like, "Look, this is Im- this is an important work that we're doing, and so you know, you might need to come on for a lower salary." I mean, yeah, but even still, I mean, even still, right? Like, even still, no, I think the movie looks really expensive. I. I if so, if you said it it costs ninety to a hundred, I I would be like, okay, I see it on screen. I don't think it costs that much, but I do think it was pretty. It was probably pretty expensive. I mean, it, I, did they shoot it on film? I didn't look this up, but it, it felt no, like um, it was digital. Um, it, it feels like red. the last sequence was the, like when, when they were riding off in the. Sorry to cut you off, court. It seems like the the last sequence when they were riding off in the sunset. That's the, my that's my only candidate for like potentially film. Mm. No, um, well, I don't know if it was all done on Red, but Red's official Instagram posted a picture, a behind-the-scenes picture of the cinematographer with, you know, one of their cameras going, you know, look at so-and-so shooting the harder they fall on Red. Right. So that would, that would let it's me know a, that some of it was digital. So. It's a good-looking movie to be shot on digital. I think a sure. lot of work must have been put in post to and... make it feel more tangible. So, okay, I feel like 
we got there's been some you know some chat in the uh in our official group chat and uh in some side text messages and and I got to say you know I like this movie but I have here in my hand documents <laughs> that would support the information that there's at least one member of the Kind of Movie Critics podcast who did not like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's, it's, I think we know who it is. <laughs> do, do we? So, first off, what I want to say is that the GQ online says the budget was $90 million. So, um, wow. Okay, so before, before we get into your point, who has a debut film? Who has a, you know, who's first feature length film has had a budget that was 90 million dog is there yeah, anybody in impressive. film history that's pretty impressive and to not have to start really with an indie you know to kind of go with a studio picture with a lot of a-list cast that's also like a big genre piece i feel like there's maybe crazy. some dps that probably did that that started as a dp and then went to that's a good like point. Oh, yeah. okay. I, didn't realize, I didn't realize this was yeah. an Overbrook production. Oh, yeah, James Lasseter. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, JL from, uh, that's uh, Will and Jada's business partner. Yep, business partner. Yep. But that's, yeah, that's 90 million off of your first feature length fucking film. That is, that's Do we big, know how much man. Netflix bought it for? Because I'm very sure they intended to put this out. Was it a Netflix production from the jump, or was it? No, it, it, no, it does say it says Netflix. Yeah, I was gonna say I think this this comes out the gate as Netflix. Mm. Um, but they did a they did a they did a theater release two weeks before it came out on Netflix. It made a little less than nine thousand dollars. So that's a so the reason they do that that's a one screener, and they'll do that in L.A. because the Oscars still have the rule where you have to screen in L.A. for a certain in L.A. County for a certain amount of time in order to be uh, eligible for Oscar consideration. Got it. So that's formality. So yes. r- real quick, let's double back to you, Corey. I want to hear your case for why you don't like so, the film. So, um, so I think hate is a strong word. But uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Um, did we did we did we say that you hate it? Yeah, Chandler uh, said that I hate it. I didn't uh, say that. He didn't yeah. say the word. I hate. Didn't you even, did. I didn't even Fortean say it was you. Dislike. Was okay. You. Well, we all know. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to uh, articulate something about this film that I there there are some there are some things about this film that I really did not like, and then there are some things about this film that I really like. The problem is, is that the things I hate are basically the presentation of, you know, this film. Like, I didn't like the writing. I didn't like the script. I don't like the twist at the end. I didn't. Yeah. Okay. Really? The brother? Shut up. I've seen it a million yeah, I mean, times. I've seen it, too, yeah. I, yeah, I've seen it a million times, yo. It got I wasn't me, mad at it. It I got me it. too, man. What the I fuck? It. it made me fucking cry, man. <laughs> really? I it was great. You cr- yeah. Oh, Chandler cried. That's but, it. Yeah. First of all, it's a Western. <laughs> yeah. But what I, those are things that I didn't like. Like, I, I just didn't, I, it had the longest first act in, in a movie that I've seen in a long time. Okay. Uh, it had virtually no second act. And then I didn't particularly like, I'm I'm really just going rowing through the, the the bullet points here. I didn't like the the deaths at the end. I felt like they just fell completely flat. Um, based I'll on the buildup, sniper the sniper death was just terrible to me. Yeah, like the, the buildup, the buildup of some of these characters fell so flat for me. Like Lakeith, his 
I, I just was like, wow, like I, I spent all this time with you and I got this shitty ass death. I that's felt this crazy. I felt he the same the way. Superstar death in this. Movie. No, he, he does. Didn't. He gets the best I, one no, in the movie. Yeah, he does. Nah, I, I felt like they Between got. Between him and Dion. They got the <laughs> same death I felt about Bane in The Dark Knight. You got the henchman's death. It was no, completely sorry. fell flat for me. And I felt like I, I spent a lot of time liking Lakeith in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that. That's the things I hated about the movie. I did think it was weird that as Lakeith was like holding that bullet hole in his neck, he just went like, "You just have to imagine the fire." <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I, what is he talking about? But I'm gonna tell you what I love about this film. I love the film's all star fucking cast. Mm-hmm. I think these are some of the best actors doing things right now, and I'm I'm happy that they are in a film together. I'm happy that this happened. I'm happy that these people made a movie. Mm-hmm. I just wish the movie was better for me personally. Mm. Um, I really like the cinematography. I thought the cinematography was very decent. Um, I love, you know, the, I mean, it, you're right. It, it looked expensive. They did a good job with the Western thing. The, the all white town was crazy to me. I thought that, that was, was dope, so yeah. dope, you know, like way to really sell what you're trying to say. And so the things that I like about the movie, I think, are not things that just your average moviegoer is going to watch and see. So that's my take. You know, I do. I think it's a good film. I didn't particularly like the film, but I like the things that make up the film. Right. That, you know, I don't know. It's, it's the best way I can describe it. So your, your comment about the long act one, I definitely can see that. I feel like yeah. it does start off kind of slow. Yeah. Lizzie, what oh. were you going to say? Corey, you are literally the only person that I've heard say that they did not care for this movie. I well, I mean, and that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I, that's perfectly fine. I, I I've watched a lot of movies. Uh, you know, I don't know. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of comic book movies every year that have the same damn plot. There's plenty of romantic comedies that have the same plot. So I I can only be but so mad that a western had the same damn plot that of every western that you know we've seen come across. Do you have a favorite western? I admit I don't. So I did not have ample time to research my feelings about westerns. Does but, it, I mean, like, did do you you don't have a favorite western? Like, besides like obvious things like The Mandalorian, which you know kind of counts. I think it really counts. Yeah, but like, do it does. You, I mean, like, is that is that a genre that you engage with? I don't. I don't necessarily have a favorite western either. I don't have. Um, I know black people are like, you don't like Posse, Leezy? I've never watched it all the way through. I'm, I've seen I'm Posse. I've watched Gang I'm, of Roses. That was fucking awesome. Posse. I'm, Posse's I'm, good. I'm a fistful of dollars guy. Myself. Yeah, I love Tombstone. Yeah, fistful Tombstone's of good. The, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Posse's good. I admit. High I, Plains Drifter is one that I remember fondly from being a kid. That's another Eastwood. I don't have good Eastwood Western knowledge. I, I will just be 100%. I don't. Um, you didn't watch Cry Macho? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I re- so, I mean I recently watched Unforgiven. That was pretty beautiful. Yeah, that's so, a great western. Really yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just you know, and I'm being critical because, you know, I feel like that's what we do here. You mm-hmm. know, like we're not I'm not an average moviegoer. So well, that's I'm that's kinda uh, what we do. That's kinda <laughs> what we do. It's kinda what we <laughs> don't do. We a bunch kinda not, you know. So I know that my opinion is not gonna be a popular opinion. I know that. I mean, I, um, I'll step out there with you. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't hate the movie at all, but th- this stuff that I hate about the movie, like there, there's certain plot elements, like when um when Zazie Beast decides to do what she does in the second act by like going to meet them, I was like, that's like the dumbest decision. I I've definitely thought that movie was a dumb decision in too. a long time. 
Mm. I kind of hate that I feel like a lot of this movie is um is lifted off of like uh The Quick and the Dead. I don't know if anybody's seen The Quick and the Dead, mm-hmm. but there's like a lot of characters and a lot of storylines that are like kind of lifted from that where you have like somebody obviously like somebody trying to get revenge on someone who killed their family that's in The Quick and the Dead. You got like um you got a young gunslinger who is like super flashy and wants to like come in and like kill the uh, main bad guy. You got the main bad guy who's trying to be good and like run his own town and go legit. You have uh like there's there's so many elements of the quick and the dead that they kind of like use in this movie, and I just couldn't not see it for real. Mm. Yeah. So and then I mean we touched on it in the in the beginning. You know you you can't help but see the Tarantino thing and. That's a tough pill because Tarantino himself is paying homage to several things. So, and people consider Tarantino one of the greats. I I think he's a good filmmaker. I don't I don't put him as a great from my, I mean maybe if 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 there's a top ten directors, he's probably you know high high numbers for me or like eleven or twelve. But at the same mm-hmm. time, so I, I I had a hard time with that. I was like, what do I what do I do with this? You know mm-hmm. you. It looks like you're paying homage to somebody that built a career off paying homage right. or, or biting, whatever you want to say about yeah. it, you know, and, you know, but I, I was I was confused by that. I didn't know what I don't know how I feel about him. And I don't. And then the writing for me was Western 101. So, yeah. you know, so you put these things in there. I'm just giving my real opinion that yeah, I feel like I feel like I saw a movie that paid homage to somebody that pays homage to other people. And the script is Western 101. So what else is left? Well, how do you I, have a, I have a question. Yeah. So being that um, the director slash writer is not American, do you kind of feel like he is experiencing Westerns from like way outside of American culture? And maybe some of the things that you have a problem with are like symptomatic of that. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I, I like that thread you're pulling on, Lizzie. That's but I, I, if that's if that's how he experiences and that's how he felt to put this on cinema, even though I do have a lack of, you know, old school, but I know the tropes of Western, you know, Western cinema, it still feels like Western one-on-one. So like, I, I don't know, like if that's what you experienced, that's what you want to put on tables. Like, well, congrats. You, you, you got well, at least the baseline. Well, every facet of the, the stories that he's telling, he's yeah. an outsider. He's not yeah. American. He's not African American. Yeah. These are not people from his culture. He's yeah. telling a story from a completely, like a complete perspective of observation. Yeah, I think it's so, completely cinematic observation at that. It's a, yeah. it's totally yeah. out of a reverence for a genre of films, mm-hmm. which right. I really liked about the movie, and Corey didn't like about it. But I would agree that, like, especially screenplay wise, it's. It is it is Western 101. That's what I kind of liked about it. I liked that revisionist aesthetic and uh-huh. tone, but then with a story that felt so classic Western. Uh-huh. Um, to me, that was in the pro column, and I think it's very interesting that you would kind of agree with that point, but then put that as a negative. I, I mean, it just maybe I was maybe I was just looking and expecting. You know, I, I I really admire a lot of the actors that are a part of this, uh-huh. and a lot of those actors have done really great things by not doing 101, you know, who have not done these things. And I don't know. I just, I looked at it as like, wow, we got this all-star cast. These are Jonathan Majors, the Keith are just these amazing people that do really, really great things. I just, maybe I just wanted more. Maybe I just expected better out of them. Was, so. was there a moment, um, like for me, 
was there a moment like because i we were we were talking about the cast and how like large and like great it is like is there a certain person in the cast you were like oh this guy's in this movie or this woman's in this movie like damn like when i saw damon wayans jr i was like yo <laughs> that, that was cut. the one for me too yeah. i was like, I was like okay. hold up what <laughs> but, but i but you know what i first of all man i, I, I you know I, this is probably not a very popular opinion man but damon wayans jr to me um he man he is such a fucking star man and and i i don't see him in like in, in like i don't see him in like big action movies i know we're talking about he's in this but he has a quality to him that is so endearing and to me he may he may be one of the funniest wayans just in terms of like his presentation man like i i think he's a very underutilized asset in film personally um i could i, I want to see him do a lot more cuz well, i loved was, every moment of him on on screen in this there particular. was a point you know around like last boy scout where his father did this thing where he kind of like i want to be taken seriously so i don't know if this was that moment for him but for me i was just kind of like he don't be doing a lot of black stuff so i was like oh you doing black shit that's what's up yeah um i i was at the very beginning i had no idea that michael beach and dewanda wise were in the movie oh my so I was god like, they oh, killed shit. my baby in like three minutes in the film <laughs> i was so tight about that bro <laughs> yeah. yeah that yeah see okay that's what i liked about the, i thought this you know james made a lot of you know lakeith stanfield being you know uh an antagonist uh uh you know Regina King being an antagonist. I, you know, I like the the cast was so um, the cast was so stacked on both sides. I didn't know who I was was rooting for, and I mm. and and I really love that about this film. Like, you know, my, my favorite character in this entire this this whole film was uh, Jim Beckworth. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like you know the the young quick gunslinger. Mm. Um, and he was probably like the least notable out of everybody in the cast, you know, for me. I, he was really good on um, I'm Dying Up Here, the Showtime show about like comedians. He kind of plays like an Eddie Murphy type, like a young kid comedian or whatever. God, it's coming up. He's talking about RJ. I call I've been saying Siler, but apparently it's Kyler. Yeah. I I want the first time I saw that kid, I want to say it was me, Earl and a dying girl. Okay. Me, Earl, obviously. Um. I love that kid. He's he was all he was a fucking Power Ranger too. He was supposed to be like a Power Ranger on the autism spectrum. Oh wow! <laughs> which he which he was actually like in the show, the American show. No, the movie that came out with oh, like the, Becky G and a few years ago. That one kid that was a uh, that's in Stranger Things, Billy with the bad mullet yeah. wig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it came out a few years ago. I have I have a fourteen year old daughter, and we go to we were going to the movies a lot pre pandemic. So. Right. That we went to see fucking Power Rangers. I see all the kid things. Re- Not Regina King's terrible in this film. It's the worst I've ever seen her in anything. Really? Uh, and I okay. love this movie, but I that was the one that was the Achilles heel for me. I could not buy and and I have immense respect for Regina King. And I what was uh One Night in Miami was her debut, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And and I loved that movie. So please, like I I really love Regina King. And she did Watchmen, which is like if we can operate on the same nerd spectrum, like yeah. then my respect goes way up, right? Yeah. But it's like it's not just the accent that which I've talked about on the record on Act Three, I, which I didn't buy, and I know Lizzie has told me that she knows people with that accent, and I do. I, they're faking it poorly as well. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. But 
it's it's the whole thing for her. It's is it is it miscasting or is I don't know. I mean, you know, just the she keeps her eyes like a hundred percent open and doesn't blink, and it's just like I don't buy the. I'm not intimidated by her. I feel like it's very silly, and the movie is kind of a silly movie, but. I feel like most of the characters are pretty sincere, right? Like, Lakeith Stanfield is not really winking in the camera. I mean, he's very, like, sarcastic in his signature way, and he's got, like, anachronistic, like, earrings on, which is very fun. Yeah. But, like, that. other than that, he's a very, he's very straightforward, like, playing the character emotionally true. And I didn't feel that way about Regina King, and I, I did find it distracting. I, I had a hard time with scenes that she was in. I couldn't... um it was like it put a veil in front of the screen. You know so what I mean? You, I, so you don't buy her as a bad guy? Is that like... Yeah. It, it felt okay. like someone really, really trying to like do the things that you learn in uh, acting school mm. to be bad, you know, to be intimidating, like a stillness. And So my, my question I, is... Sure. Who would you replace her with? Hmm... This is this is a horrible trite answer, but I'm going to go with it because I think that she would do a good job. Viola Davis. No, I think she's scarier. Ah. I mean, and and it, now I think that's a trite answer because Viola Davis does exactly this kind of thing in like a million movies every year, especially so, like the Suicide Squad movies. But she is sure. a, an authority figure all the time. So Al- Alfre Woodard could could have done it better too. I, fuck no. <laughs> sorry, I just Viola, don't see it. Viola. I I Viola sure. Um, Alfre Woodard's like seventy years old. She's not winning a fucking fight against Zazie Beats. That's not happening. But Viola, I would believe her because there's a monologue and a story to tell, and that's my that's like very Viola Davis esque. Yeah, I'm there's an opportunity about- to snot on camera. <laughs> Hey, right. She's my favorite actor in the entire world, man. I'll talk about her. Listen, right. no, I I love Viola Davis. She snots a lot. Everyone, yeah. we know this. It's my favorite, okay. my my favorite Viola Davis snot is in Doubt. That's one of my. That's mm-hmm. like a great performance by everyone in it. Yeah. But, um, do do I believe that Viola Davis is 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 kicking Zazie Beetz's ass? Like I don't know. Mm. I don't uh, believe that I Regina that. King is kicking <laughs> yeah. Zazie well, Beetz's ass. I, I I agree with you and disagree with you. Like. I think maybe if you gave her better writing for the character in this film, and then maybe, I don't know, the accent for me was a little, you know, when you do accent work, it's like (laughs) 50-50. You end up good accent or you end up an SNL skit. I mean, it it just, so maybe if you gave her better writing and you took the accent away, I think Regina King could have killed it. I think Regina King did an okay job. I think the accent is a little distracting, but Did y'all- everyone else in this movie just goes for like, like Southern Western, like just general basic accent. See, and then she's like, now I'm going to put a little extra spice in there. A little, See, little old Bay in there. Accent well, wise. I had more of an issue with Jonathan majors accent for really? real. Right. Yeah. I did not at all. Really. I had a problem with Zazie beats for me. Her too. Yeah. Honestly, and Southern accents are a thing that bother me. So I have a question for for Treasy and Martin. Did y'all think that Regina sucked? I didn't think she sucked. I didn't think so. No, I think I, I didn't I, think I, I didn't yeah. think she sucked. Yeah, I, I think it was I think it was something different that we saw. There you go from her, and I think it's very interesting that you watch Watchmen and then don't believe that she can kick Zazie Beetz's ass. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> yeah. so- I don't believe in this movie that she can. Right. I think Sister Knight 
could kick Zazie Beetz's ass. Right. But she's, I feel like she's emotionally authentic in that movie. That's what it has to do with for me. It's, I didn't buy, it just felt like, a, it felt very stagey, overperformative. So, so since, hmm. we, since we know what she's capable of, do you think it's a situation where she's hampered by direction? Because I've seen people who are like amazing actors and then they're in a fucking Tyler Perry film. So like, yeah. what, are, like what, are, what, are, what are we critiquing here? I didn't think she sucked. I thought it was satisfactory. Was it the most amazing thing I've ever seen from Regina King? No, but it didn't bother me. I wasn't, I wasn't like, the fuck is she doing? My theory would be that James Samuel, you know, it's his first feature. He has this cast full of like the biggest black actors, or at least some portion of the biggest black actors working in Hollywood right now. I think that there was probably an effort made to not give too many notes on how these veteran actors, especially like the senior class, how they approach their characters. I mean, if I'm directing a feature with all these guys, and I've got Idris Elba, and I've got Delroy Lindo, and I've got Regina King, and they're like the seniors on set. I'm not giving notes. I'm going to take whatever they want to put on the on on the day. So, but you have a giant like Delroy Lindo, and you're not giving him a whole lot to do, and he's playing probably out of all of the people the most um, fictionalized characters, he's playing the fucking Black Lone Ranger. Like that's the one name that I knew before mm-hmm. I had heard of Cherokee Bill. But like that's that's like the person whose story I knew before watching this movie. I was like, mm-hmm. oh shit, he's Bass Reeves. Right. I did the rest of these people were were except for that one name, which I really didn't know anything about him. It just rang like familiar to me that I knew about. I I don't know. Like so I, you didn't like- I have I have a way more criticism of James Samuel Samuel than I do of the actors. The actors well, yeah. can we can we get into that? I mean, because I, I loved every performance literally other than Regina King, but what were your issues with, with James Samuel? Well, I mean, you guys have kind of come over, like, talked about it. It felt very derivative. I think by virtue of him being able to pull together this cast with, with these producers, this movie gets made. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I... It felt like things I had seen before, but I still liked it. I still enjoyed it. The nostalgia of seeing um, seeing black people depicted in this way to say, like, we existed during these times and we had our own communities and we were successful. I love everything about that, um, that we're still kind of striving for the same things that we were 100 years ago. I love I love a story about that. I love that this story is not about black people's interaction with white people and what the struggle is and that, like, we exist to talk about being oppressed by the man. Mm. It's like, no, we right. get we get a space to be like full humans. I love that my daughter immediately saw it on the screen and was like, yo, they're not talking to white people. But <laughs> um, like I love all those things about it, but it felt it didn't feel groundbreaking outside of it exhibiting black historical stories outside of the white gaze. Yes. Um, See, I he think... he wasn't doing anything as a director that I hadn't seen before. So, so that's what I was that's what I was trying to say as well. Yeah. Like hundred uh, like, percent. It's just like okay, but that doesn't mean I didn't like it. I'm just yeah. saying that's my criticism yeah. of him, See, and and that's why I was asking the question. Like yeah. do you, like because it's it's none of it is from a lived experience. Yeah. It's all through observation and depiction in film. Which at this point in history, like anyone who makes a western set in this time period they didn't live through it obviously but like he he seems like in so many ways very 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 removed from the genre see see so i and you guys's critiques are very interesting i i I appreciate all of them see i look at when when 
Westerns and noirs, I don't really look at them to really break them or sometimes even horror. Right. I don't look I don't look at this as like the offering that James Samuels come out. James Samuel, not with the S at the end, comes out and and says, listen, I'm trying to I'm trying to redefine a style in cinema. Like, I, I don't I don't look at this as that. I look at this as like gumbo with different flavors. You know, if, it, if you know, if you like the formula of Westerns, um, here goes a very traditional style Western, but with characters that you have never seen in this particular way. Like, I, I think I think he's I think he made the movie that he set out to make. You know, um, uh, I don't I think I think maybe. In turn, I think putting a lot on him to break a certain, um, just to break a certain mold, I think that's almost unfair, right? Like, I mean, uh, you know, a premiere offering from a director, it takes it takes guys years to find their style. I mean, there's only a, f- a handful of people that come out and, you know, you know, they're all tours right off the rip, you know, like the, uh, you know, Spike, uh, you, you know, fucking uh Spielberg you know there's certain you know Kubrick there's certain people that come out the gate Nolan and you're like okay these guys kind of have their they have their cadence figured out you know for everybody else I think they kind of it's OJT right it's on the job training you figure it out as you go as more properties come out but I think he made the the exact movie that he set out to make which was a, a very adventurous um uh you know depiction of a very classic Western film that is starring a black cast of people. And, you know, from a dialogue perspective, uh, you know, Corey, I'm, I'm kind of baffled when you say, you don't, you know, the script, you didn't like the script because I, the I look at fine to me. It was, it was a very fun script. It was, it was yeah. very minimal, but it was very fun. And it, and, and it had like, uh, it had a lot of layers to it and in the way he handled comedy in it, it just didn't feel, I didn't feel at any point that this movie was silly, but it mm-hmm. had some moments that I, I, I died laughing. Like sure. uh, Dion Cole's first scene in this film, I fucking died <laughs> that laughing. That was so funny to me too. But that's such go. a, you know, I don't know, I don't know if that exists in like white culture, but that's such a black thing, man, where it's like, you know, this dude is talking big shit and then you know, it's, it's all in preparation for a moment. And then when yeah. the moment actually gets here, he's like, I don't got nothing to say to him. I will tell you this. Like, yeah. I mean, I didn't hate the script from beginning to end. Um, there are definitely more, like I liked, I love Lakeith's walk through this train. Oh, that was, I, oh, that was that everything. Was yeah. That was like my favorite sequence. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So like, I'm not saying that, the, uh, you know, I, I get it, you know, very, you know, conceptually you know if i say the script is trash you think every i think every word is trash but it's not true right but at the end of the day like there were moments in this film that i agree with you the moment you're describing Mm -hmm. yes i agree with you great moment there's just thing there were things in between It, it, it just didn't feel like a completely well done script you know i it just it had these moments that were cool and then it had these weird moments where it was just kind of nothing and 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 things that just don't land a punch and then you got these things these other things so it just went up and down it went up and down in intensity for me and that was strange so mm. I, I mean if, if i use my words incorrectly i apologize but it, that's how i feel i was like no, there are know. moments there are moments in this film that are moving up and down in a in a rhythm that is that is strange to me and right. it just that's the, to me the definition of like a script that's not all the way put together well for me uh, you, you know if if i had any critique of the script and and I guess I would have to put this on the script. I feel like 
I feel like he was having such a fun time making writing this film that he didn't know when to stop. You know, like yeah. like it, I felt like he just wanted to create these really fun moments that made you feel something. You know, if again, I'm I mean, I'm a fan of westerns. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm it's not my favorite genre, but like I will sit down and watch a fucking ten hour marathon of westerns just because I love. I just love the the minimalistic. I mean, there's only but so many stories you can tell when it comes to a Western. And, and, you know, so for me, like certain scenes, like, you know, the angles, you know, the beginning, the golden guns and, you know, moving the gun from, you know, gun on two people to moving it to one. It's just so, so many very subtle things that were happening. And I was just giddy, man. I was giddy like a fucking kid at, you know, Christmas, man, watching it. And I can imagine, you know, putting together a script like this if you are a fan of the genre which it seems like james samuel has to be if the you know his first fan unapologetically so yeah he was just it seemed like he just didn't know when to fucking stop you know like i mean Corey, you edit have you ever you i'm sure you've edited something and you felt like you know if it ever came to a point where you had to like cut shit out you were so in love with everything that you did yeah you were just like i'm I, i i can't fucking make this decision you know i'm just gonna do it yeah, I, I really feel saying... like if y'all watched the previous film, mm-hmm. that his his choice to be in love with so many things makes so much more sense. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. You're you're allowed to like the film, and 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 you're allowed to have a thank you, Corey, <laughs> a, a joy that is brought forth. I have plenty of films that I like that you know we like the big hit nobody likes that fucking oh, movie you know you know what I mean you know I I mean I I feel like I'm being 50 50 with my criticism and I'm owning it you know um I agree with your points I think you're saying what I I I'm saying Lizzie has said what I'm saying it's just that at the end of the day where we land on the total opinion of the film right. is where it differs it's where it you differs, know yeah. yeah um I think I think a problem if I could boil it down, like the script to a problem is that um, NPR basically somebody on NPR said that this film is basically like wild West fan fiction because like the characters that are in this movie, like none of this stuff really happened. Mm -hmm. He's kind of just plucking names out of history. People that like died before they could even meet each other, Mm -hmm. like are in this movie. So, and and some of the stories of these people are like actually like more interesting than the movie. Like Nat Love was kind of like the fifty cent of his day. He got shot like fourteen times and lived. <laughs> and he wasn't an outlaw. <laughs> yeah, he, and he wasn't. He wasn't an outlaw. And I I think Neither that was also stagecoach Mary. <laughs> that also goes to like the um accents is because like these people didn't really live in the same place. Like it, like it's just like ambiguously the west or whatever so if she has a louisiana accent you want to set a story in louisiana maybe her performance makes a lot more sense if everybody has that accent yeah but when you're just plucking people from different parts of the country at different times and just throwing them all together into one movie Mm -hmm. it doesn't really make sense like deadwood has a lot of accents like they got a they got an irish dude in deadwood and he's not out of place because that that show was just done so well so Mm. I gotta see. De- You're the second person that mentioned Deadwood in the last week. I gotta watch that show. Um, yeah, and 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 if you're going down the road of of fanfare, I mean, we have that talk with other genres. You know, is that what's what's the role of the filmmaker to supply a film that's has a target audience? You know, are you 
are you supposed to cater to someone that doesn't have the back the backstory or the history you know mm-hmm. and you know i i think you're going to get a, a a whole lot of different opinions on that you know you throw a tarantino film at someone and they go it sucks you know you know the rest of us go oh my god that's great or you know back in the day when drive came out everybody thought it was going to be a an action film you know drive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know our you know and, and then when you watch it it's like nah nah it's it's you know more of a drama with a little bit of action sprinkled in you know mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and I think that's, but that's going to produce dialogue. And that, you know, maybe that that's what we're here for. Yeah, I think that the point Tracy was making earlier about the pitch of this movie really is just like, let's make a, a classical Western story mm-hmm. with this modern lens, which is definitely very t- Tarantino influenced. But the hook of the pitch is just, well, let's just make it with black people. Yeah. And it's not going to be about the black experience in this time historically. Because I think if you made, like to what Martin is saying, if you made the movie about these people's actual lives, it would have a lot more to do with the the actual black experience in the West at that time. Mm-hmm. And this movie sort of actively avoids, I mean, yeah, <laughs> and it's I, pointed that the most racial scene is, it's like a joke. They go to the yeah. white town and it's a, it's a joke because right. somehow escape without getting fucking killed. Like that was the weirdest <laughs> part, but well, and they like make, you're riding out on a horse. Like, right. Well, <laughs> they make, and they make you? like a few odd mentions. I mean, not odd, but like just scattered mentions to that, you know, mention or sort of allude to the oppression that they've faced or, or disenfranchisement by mm-hmm. authorities. But the movie isn't about that at all. And, and at all, I think that, and this is my white guy perspective, sure. but I think that like the fact that I could recommend this movie to any white person that I know who just enjoys Westerns. Yep. Because I think the, I mean, the, I think we could all agree with this. A lot of white people who are less woke, especially in their cinematic choices, when most the average viewer just wants something escapist. Mm-hmm. I think when you make the subtext or the text of a movie explicitly about race in America, mm-hmm. a lot of white people tune out and it could don't want to interact. Yeah, with it could be div- yeah because they feel like yeah. they can't relate to them or, or, or it's meant to make them feel guilty or some yeah. such thing. Correct. Exactly. And this movie avoids that issue. Yes, very much. Anybody could watch this and relate to it. It's just it's just a story about I mean all the all the stuff that old westerns are about, you know, the the complex hero, themes of revenge, isolation, I mean, it's it's all the stuff that every other Western is about, which is exactly what Corey has been saying. I, I think you guys are all having brilliant things to say about this film. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I agree that if, if that's what the movie sets out to do, I think it yeah. succeeds and, tremendously. And then, and then uh, to piggyback, no. oh, sorry. No, no, go but for it. My other thing, too, and, you know, one of the reasons why I think, you know, I'm a little more critical, too, is that, you know, there's white people have told this story a bajillion fucking times. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I just, I just say to myself, you know what, if you're going to do it with black people, you're going to do it with black actors and, and, and some of the best that are doing it right now. Mm-hmm. Why are, why are we, why are we floundering that opportunity to not do something that is just a little bit more impactful? 
And, because and, black people should have just as many opportunities to fucking be mediocre as white people did. Okay. That's why. I could sorry. Yeah. Not sorry. I, I mean, but you know, I mean, I just I just kind of look at it as like, great, like we stepped up to the plate and, and there's another there's an opportunity that's being provided and or not provided, you know, it's being it could be also taken considering mm-hmm. Jay-Z and, and then them are, are stepping up to the plate to make the movie that they want to make. Right. Um you know, I, I, I'm just like, is that the best that we can do? I want to see better no. films. Yeah. I want to see better it's not, films. It's not the by, best that we can do, but I don't think yeah. we should require that of a Netflix movie just okay. because black people who who are notable are in it. I don't think we should require that. Like, I just, like I, I mean, said, like white men get to make mediocre shit. They get to come back from it. And, I agree and, with and you. And have I, successful I, careers. Like, I don't think it needs yeah. to be the best thing ever. I think they're I hoping know. for Oscar buzz though. Like, Release them if they are. <laughs> like I think they are hoping for like at least a interesting because yes, I, and I Martin and and it's I think it's important that a movie made by black people starring black people shouldn't have to be about some racial struggle in order to get that Oscar buzz. Like why can't yeah. I agree. A, a genre western no and that is just very solid in every other aspect. Like I that's what I loved about it. That's exactly what I think is worthy of celebrating in this film is that it is just a fun Western. And the only thing that's really inherently like black in quotes about it is the people who made it. Right. And it's for everybody. And there should be so many more opportunities, just like Lizzie's saying, there should be so many more opportunities for films to just exist like that without always having this burden. Cause we exist in a time where, especially in awards consideration, Mm -hmm. Movies that sort of have that, if you look at the poster and you're like, oh, that's a movie for like black people or for Hispanic people or for Asian people, there is an inherent expectation from the audience that these films are going to be about that experience. Like, thing, yeah. Yes. About struggle, yeah. Right, exactly, about struggle. Mm-hmm. And not just to avoid my own white guilt, as you addressed, Lizzie, but I look forward to a time where like, representation is so widespread to where that's just not the case all the time. Like mm-hmm. why, you know what I mean? Shang-Chi is a good example of it. Shang-Chi, uh, the Marvel film is not really about the Asian American struggle. Mm. You know, I, I mean, it, it comments on it, but it's really just like a fun, relatable superhero film that like I could show to like my grandparents mm-hmm. and they would be able to relate to and enjoy. And I think, I think this, it's the same with this film. Yeah. So I, I agree with what you're saying. I just, if, if mediocre, I'd be okay with mediocre. <laughs> if, if that was the opera, if every week there was mediocre films coming out, but there's obviously a lack of opportunity. There's a lack of representation. So it's just so we're clear though, yeah. this is not the first all black casted Western. This it's is not. like the fourth one I've seen. Mm-hmm. There was yeah. Posse, there was Gang of Roses, there was Gang of Roses too. Like that, this is not the first time that yeah. this has ever happened. This is yeah, the best one. Yeah. This is yeah. this is probably the best and one. one. And, and you, but those films span they span the course of what twenty years, thirty years. Sure. Yeah. So sure. like, I mean, to be fair, westerns are made by white people. Like, yeah. So like, that's my point. Is that you're right? Yeah, she was in Gang of Roses too. <laughs> I, I I totally agree with you that like yes, uh, black creatives have the the opportunity to make mediocre films. That's great. But, or we should at least. Or you should. But then if they're not being made, 
I mean, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Do we make more opportunities for black creatives or with the few times that black creatives get to really come out the gate? What, what are you going to do? Like, you have like to... that argument is inherently racist. Sorry, Corey. Interesting. But why? Because that's the thing with black people for us to be expected to make. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't say. Y'all went on a tangent saying expected to make no, films be, about no, struggle. Listen, because, no, don't cut no, me off. I got to finish what I'm okay. saying. That I heard a comment that it was that it was about making more films about struggle and things like that. That's not what I was saying. I don't, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about content. I'm talking about just make better quality, quality, make better films. But that is a thing that is put upon black people that when we do anything, it has Mm -hmm. to be the best because it represents the whole race and we'll never, ever get anything else if it's not the best thing that ever existed. And I think that that, I don't think that we have to, that pressure is not put on anybody else. And that's unfair. I'm not calling you racist, but that argument is is problematic. I, I can, Maybe I'll walk back. All right, no, no, I will. Then, and based on what you just said, I I can understand how that argument is problematic. I think, in my heart, I just want the best for black creatives so that they can stand on the field and and be great with everybody fucking else. I think you know? that kind of field are they standing? Whoa! I think. Come on, man! Come on, guys! Okay. Come well, on, that was man. Hamlet. That was not a black person. That come was on, man! <laughs> nah, like I just want yeah. the best. I want the best for black creative. I'll, I'll I want agree the with best. Corey in the sense that, like, these characters. This is probably like maybe the first, maybe the only time we'll see these characters. It's a lot like civil rights movies where there that pressure is warranted. When you're making a movie about Dr. King, that pressure is warranted. You're making a movie about Malcolm X, like. Spike Lee had that pressure like you better not fuck it up in this sense like I think James Samuel probably loved these characters since he was a child since he read about them Mm -hmm. and I think while he was making this movie I I, I definitely respect the swing but I think he was thinking like this is like the most important thing I'll ever do or one of the most important things I ever do this is the only time you're going to see these characters so I, I kind of agree with Corey like you you can't fuck it up basically and I think he had the mentality that it He's not gonna fuck it up. I don't think he thinks he fucked it up. I think he thinks he did a great job. I, I, see, I'm I'm having a hard time understanding what's not elite about this film. You know, for I don't interpret it as mediocre at all. Yeah, this I don't is, either. This is elite, <laughs> bro. Like, first of all, like from a directing perspective, you okay? Would we would we consider Regina King an A list actor? Yeah. yeah. Would we sure. consider Idris Elba an A list actor? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Will we consider Jonathan Majors an A-list actor? Of yeah. course. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Lakeith Stanfield, I'd put him there if, if not in. Sure. Uh, okay. I'll say B probably because he hasn't really. Well, has he? No. Been Lakeith a lead? got nominated for an Oscar, bro. Yeah. I mean, like a lead of <laughs> yeah, a film. Man. Like so. He, he did. He got nominated for an Oscar, even though they didn't put him in that character. Here's that, what that he. Uh, here's that what was he a political. Thing oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's supporting. Right. Yeah. Here's what James did so well. He did it so well that I think that it's hard to appreciate how well he did it. None of these characters felt like A-list celebrity actors uh, that stole a specific scene. Everybody, sure. everybody was given this nice quarantine space to perform exactly the character they needed to perform to 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 uh complete this ensemble cast and they did it within the confines of 
their specific yard and didn't bleed over into anything else didn't didn't make a performance too over memorable to where you know uh, oh regina king did you know delroy did so good that i forgot what regina king did and this person stole the scene from that person like everybody came in and and just played their part and i and i i don't think i think that's kind of hard to I think that's hard to do as a director. I mean, inherently, you know, you're going to want to hinge the plot of your story and the weight of your story to a specific veteran actor that, you know, can carry it through. Idris Elba was massive in this fucking film, but he did almost absolutely fucking nothing other than gun butt someone. You understand what I'm saying? But he had all of the presence, but he did not out presence anybody else in this film. And and I and I think that that needs to be celebrated, man, because, you, you know, like just the structure of film stars and, you know, actors and shit. It's just too easy to put the weight of a film on one. And we're talking about we named four A-list actors in this film that not one of them this entire story was completely hinged to. And to me, that is fucking amazing. I, I couldn't name. I couldn't name, but like maybe two handfuls of directors that could actually do that. You understand what I'm saying? So, so to me, this is an elite accomplishment. Like, I, like, I don't even understand. I don't even understand what category it's not elite in, you know, like that's the, you know, cinematography, sound design, the man wrote the music that's in this, you know, it, it, like, I don't understand where it's not elite, you know, to, um, to, to, to back your argument, Corey. So, so- Oh, well, I'm, I'm not, that's not my argument, but I will say that to, to answer your question, mm-hmm. I'd say in terms of originality, that's the only thing that's really lacking for me mm-hmm. is that it feels derivative. Is that a problem for me? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. I liked it. I enjoyed it. It deserves to exist. Give it all the flowers that it deserves. Yeah. It was definitely heavy on the homage. I, if, if, you know, yeah. Heavy on the homage. I do want to back up to what Martin said earlier. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is this winning an Oscar for, though? After I just said praise it. What <laughs> yeah. is it winning an Oscar for, though? Like, what do you see it getting nominated for? I, I see Lakeith Stanfield for supporting actor. Really? really? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I, th- absolutely. I see majors for a lead, and I see uh, costuming and production design. I can that agree part. There. Yeah, I can uh, see right. Jonathan Majors probably. I can see Majors. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a huge, I, I'm a big, huge Majors fan. I think Majors deserves everything. I think Majors. You're is, a major Majors fan. Yeah, Majors has Major. uh, <laughs> Majors is a star in everything he's in. Yeah. Uh, I think he's an amazing actor. I think he's really dope. So, so I know uh, you haven't, Chandler. Did you ever watch Last Black Man in San Francisco, Corey? Yes, I did, and that was when I was like, "Yo, that that guy's a star." Yeah, like. Same. I texted Treasy that. I was like, yo, I watched this movie. The movie was cool, but that motherfucking Majors is a star. Yeah. And, and, and then and he went off and, and, and then started making dope shit. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. So, but Chandler, you said the first time you saw him was Lovecraft, right? Yeah. I uh, And, you know, I never finished Loki, so I, like, I didn't see him in that. And I, I've known of him for years because he's been, like, in stuff. But, yeah, I haven't interacted with a lot of stuff that he's been in. Um, yeah. I did. I remember when I watched Lovecraft, I did have a text thread with you guys where I made like 15 jokes about how he looks a lot older than he is. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> definitely got the old face. He has that that's was, funny that because. You were. <laughs> that's funny because the joke in Last Black Man is that the other guy 
is a uh, young old nigga. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Epps told him, come yeah. get in the car, daddy face. Yeah. <laughs> nah, Jonathan Major's got old face bad. I was I was really blown away. It, it, it's just like you said, Corey. He has that that star energy, yeah. man. He, he delivers lines with such... I mean, in this movie, really, this part is tailor-made for somebody who has this kind of charisma. But, like, this sort of sexy, swagger, uber-confident, you know, delivered with a smile and a twinkle in your eye kind of thing, like... He nails that so well, and I was just so like glued to the screen when this guy was talking. Uh, um, and on top of it being an, an emotionally good performance, and he's got incredible comedic timing, but it was really it was that that part of it. Like he, you fall in love with him. You know, I I was he's so he's so charismatic. I mean, it just it really grabbed me in. And I, so this as my first like real interaction with anything that he's done. Very, very impressed. I, I agree should, that he's a star. You should go back and watch the San Francisco. San Francisco is a solid. I, film and I would and... challenge. Did Steven say he hadn't been a fan before this? Did I did I remember that correctly? Yeah, he wasn't. Re- I think he had seen him in more stuff than I had, and he wasn't really a fan of him before this I, either. I I would if he hasn't already seen it. I would challenge both of y'all to watch that. I will say too, like you need to watch that before you finish Loki because you won't get what he's doing in Loki if you haven't seen Last Black Man. I'm not going to watch like, Loki. And I'm not okay. going to watch it. <laughs> Loki. I'm gonna tell you, I I squealed like a schoolgirl, and I was watching it with my roommate and Your wife. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> and I mean, I just that was the cameo of the century for me. I was just like, holy crap, Jonathan Majors is here, and now all the world is a better place. Are you so, so excited to see him in Ant-Man and the Wasp 3? It, it, sure. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm a Majors fan. Major yeah. Jonathan Majors is one of the dopest actors out right now, mm-hmm. I, and and he I deserves agree. everything he's getting. So, yeah, I agree. Um, Corey, I think you've done a good job supporting. I this has been a tough episode for you. I've been in this position before. <laughs> listen, listen, Chandler. Show. I know Chandler. you're no stranger to being. It's outsider. not my. It's not my. It's not my first rodeo here. I know. <laughs> but, you know I want to say I think you did a good job supporting what you're trying to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I think that you do bring a valuable perspective. And I I just I do want to say on the record I I mentioned earlier, but like. I do agree. I think the pacing of this film is kind of, if I had to pick my one thing I didn't really like about it. Right. Like, other than Regina King's performance, which is negligible. Like, I, I, I enjoyed the movie despite not really being in her performance. But I did feel like the first half of this movie was, like, really slow. Um, it started to pick up for me when they, like, had their first gang confrontation and then the good guys get tasked with having to rob the bank. Mm-hmm. From that moment on... I had decided, like, oh, this movie is really cooking with gas. Like, this is some good stuff. But before that, I was like, eh, you know, I like it. I don't know. But uh, so I don't think it's a perfect film. Mm. But it stuck the landing so well that, you know. So I think the- I, I have I have agreed with all of what you've said, and you know, I have presented points. I think just at the end, I just don't wrap it up in a pretty bow. I just go, you know what? These are my points. This is what I like. This is what I didn't like. And ultimately. Mm-hmm. You know, I just thought the movie was okay. You know, it it is it is what it is. You know. Did you guys have like a favorite moment in the film? Like something really small that I really loved was whenever uh, Trudy would like hand somebody something, like when she handed um Lakeith the knife in the middle of the train when he cut the dude up, mm-hmm. or she handled she handed the gun to um Idris Elba so he could smack um Dion Cole. Yeah. <laughs> like she did that a bunch of times in the movie where I was like, oh, that was so cool how they did that. Yeah. 
Oh. My favorite moment is um, Jonathan Majors to the guy in the bank. I think the line is, and I'm not going to do an impression of it, but he, what the line is, you're scared, you're shaking, you're mi- you'll miss, I won't. And right. he just delivers that line with so much sex in it that I was just like, oh. So much sex. <laughs> wow, you had to, you had to re- re- rearrange you? your pants a little bit there, buddy. <laughs> Shift it in your seat. Yeah, like, ooh. I, I love the whole first entire sequence with Jim Beckwith. And, uh, uh, you know, the first mention of Cherokee Bill, he was like, uh, what do he say? He said, uh, you hear say, but you don't see say. And I say, <laughs> fuck Cherokee Bill. <laughs> When he said, you know, I'm lightning with the blam blams, I was done, bro. Like, I love RJ. Yeah, he, to me, man, honestly, he was my favorite jewel that came. Like, I think Lakeith, I, I would say Lakeith, Lakeith had my favorite performance because, again, like, you know, I mean, to my knowledge, I've never seen him play an antagonist. This is my first time, you know, and uh, but I haven't seen all of Lakeith's properties, but I, I'm I'm in love with just him as a person. I, I really like it. The way you guys feel about Jonathan Majors, I feel that way about Lakeith Stanfield. You know what I'm I saying? also feel that way about Lakeith. Like yeah. there's no there's no there's no hierarchy there. I love them both. Yeah, me me too. Me too. But you know, but um I I think Lakeith had my favorite performance, but our uh, the, the RJ kid, man, he was he was my favorite part of the film because it was just so un- like again we're talking about all these A-list actors then you got this fucking ultra confident kid man who comes in sw- slinging guns you know he was doing he was did y'all ever see what was the uh the Coen brothers movie that paid homage to like old hollywood what was it uh hail caesar hail yeah. caesar so there was like the, the the kid playing uh he was playing like hobie doyle or something like that uh you talking the- about was Aaron, it yeah. Alden Aaron? So yeah. he had to do a bunch of shit with like a rope. Okay. Like he had a whole sequence. It was maybe like a three minute sequence where he was like doing a bunch of lasso and shit. And you know, it, they were showing him from every angle, you know, it wasn't like a stunt man or nothing like that. He was really, you know, the amount of dedication and practice that I would have, I imagine yeah. went into that one scene. Yep. I I got that same vibe from when he was he was playing with the guns, you know, yeah. throwing them in the air, and then you know Dale Roy was like, "All them tricks gonna get you killed, son." You know? I had the but, same thought, bro, because he does. There's two different scenes in which he's doing the pistol tricks, and it really they do showcase it like wide shot, yes. tight shot, different angles. Like this guy spent a ton of time learning how to do this stuff. We're gonna show it. We're gonna make sure it stays in, Man. and that was very exciting. It, and to me, you know, I would imagine that he probably, you know, I, I don't know how much of that was written in the script, but I know for a fact, you know, as an actor, that you know you're walking into this movie with all of these fucking names. You're like, this is the moment I'm going to separate myself right here with my dedication, with these fucking gunslinging, twirling around two different styles at one time. And to me, that type of shit, you know, when actors dig into their bag like that, I, I, I got to bow to them, man, because that's that's some real shit. I had some real shit. So yeah, he was my he was my he was my favorite performance. And I think that uh uh you hear say, but you don't see say, and I say fuck <laughs> Cherokee Bill. That was my probably I, my uh, favorite moment in the film. I really like I, I I'm a team Lakeith. I think Lakeith really did a really great job in this film. Um I really like the train sequence. There was a lot of tension there, and I think that was unexpected, you know, mm-hmm. given the the tone of the rest of the film prior and before that. Like, there's a lot of tension into where that scene 
was going to go. And mm-hmm. I think they did a good job of that. And then I like the scene where uh, the kid with the guns was trying to show off to him and he just gave zero fucks. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really, I like that that established his villainness, I guess, his antagonist, whatever. Yeah, because he's sort use. of, he's dirty. He yeah, yeah. And, then, and then and honestly he he affirmed that later yeah. when he killed him he yeah. was like yo i'm counting five you clearly not oh, <laughs> like because i knew what was going to happen in that scene i was like he's counting the five and you're doing this this bullshit mm-hmm. talking and, and i was like he's gonna get shot and killed and lakeith's gonna justify it by i was counting the five mm-hmm. so you know so i i, I like lakeith he's he's a dope dude out of curiosity did any <laughs> Did any of y'all think that Cuffy was a boy at any point in time, or did y'all know that Cuffy was Cuffy was a girl? No, nah, I knew she was a girl. Yeah. yeah, I knew. I mean, I thought yeah. that was a cool like thing in the script, but I was. I like, feel like they all knew she was a girl except for Jim, and I just I I like that um, a character with gender queerness exists in an old west story, and you know, mm-hmm. there's this stereotype that somehow black people are way more homophobic, even mm-hmm. though I don't actually believe that's true, but. Um, I just, I just love that they just like, okay, you dress like you do. I don't care, like, whatever. It's not, it's not my problem. Mm-hmm. And I also like that, like, you know, punching dudes in the face with her brass knuckles, mm-hmm. and like, they, they didn't have no choice but to respect her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that whole thing where you know she kind of became uh, Bass Reeves' understudy, sort of like, uh, you know, yeah. hand, you know, side sidekick. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I, that was a good emotional tag when. At the end, you know, they when they all ride off into the sunset and she's kind of excited about like being a lawman or yeah. law lady. Law lady, right, right. Or law person. <laughs> right. More That's correctly. A fact. But uh, yeah, I thought that was a, a nice way to wrap up her story. Mm-hmm. Um, any other moments we're talking about in this film, guys? Um, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's the last one. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> Does this movie get a sequel? I don't think I hope it to I God hope not. not. I hope not. The the tease at the end is awful. It's awful, and it, honestly, we should have talked about it more because it's a terrible, it's a terrible thing that's so trendy to do. Mm-hmm. But but it's, you knew it, that was coming. We didn't yeah. see your guy. Like you had to know. No, I didn't know because I I had assumed that the movie was classier and smarter than to do a, <laughs> a stupid ass half baked Marvel tease at the end. I thought that was awful. I thought I truly think it's awful, and it's mm. not just because I didn't like the Regina King character. I think the movie has such a pointed emotional conclusion and mm-hmm. like sticks the landing so hard, and then for no reason other than t- for you to be like, "Oh shit," then you say <laughs> that. She, I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing emotionally that you gain from implying that she's alive at the end. A right. terrible, terrible final few seconds of the film. Mm-hmm. I also like. What do we get next from James Daniel? Does he make mm. a third western? Yeah, that's what I was gonna I'm ask. I'm like, well, I mean, this that, guy that would is... be a bad career move, right? He needs to diversify and, and jump genres, yeah. or else he'll get put in a box. My, my my money would be on yes, but I but you know I'm I'm open to all things from him. You know, uh, I think this is an amazing offering. Um, I I think I think whatever. I think whatever he goes into next is going to be a lot of, I think it is going to be a lot of pressure on him, you know, just because like, uh, uh, you know, you come out the gate with a $90 million budget and an all-star cast, you know, I think whatever you do next, there's just going to have to be that sophomore, like, you know, uh, um, contention, you know what I mean? I don't know if there's already a director for it, but I could see him doing Blade. 
Oh, I can see that too. Yeah, With yeah. Hirsch. Yeah, that could be good. Yeah, Did that... you just call him Hirsch? <laughs> <laughs> that's your homie. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That is that's a great take yeah. on on that. Yeah. So I wouldn't mind seeing that. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad. Did y'all did y'all um uh how did y'all feel about uh the Eddie Gatheggi, the um Bill Pickett? What are you talking about? <laughs> the uh Bill Pickett, the other one that was part of the uh No, the how did you say his name? Yeah, you tried, you, tried, you yeah. tried to like move through a real Oh, fast. is it Eddie I thought it was Eddie Gatheggi. I don't know how you say it, but I like how you said it very slickly. Like I'm just going for it. Like because of the movie, because of the movie, I knew you were talking about a black person, but it sounded like you said an Italian name. Oh no! (laughs) Well, I I, it 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 reads as Eddie Gathegi, but I don't know or Edie, but I would have said Edie. Edie. I he I know him because he was a character called Darwin in X Men First Class, and then. We that's know him very, from startup. That's yeah, a very startup. good movie, X Men First Class. But he, it, it does, oh. he is the only black character, and he does immediately die. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm gonna need you terrible. to realize that Zoe Kravitz is in that fucking movie. Yeah, she but, is. Oh, you're right. So, you're right. They I kill have her a, before off screen between one and two. I have an interesting. Con- uh, that's the guy from Startup, right? Yeah, from Startup. Yeah. Okay, I, I remember texting Treasy that I didn't think he was very good in Startup mm-hmm. what? until uh, got to finish my train of thought here. Um, until later in the season, I felt like he grew as an actor through the season. Um, mm. you know, I felt by the time I got to the second season and the third season, and that's probably it because I don't think startups ever coming back. Um, I, I I felt like he got you know much better, mm-hmm. and I meant to text you, Treasy, that I thought he did a great job in this film, yeah. and and I wanted to reference that conversation that I originally didn't really like him in in the early stages of startup right right yeah Yeah. he's he to me man i think he's a sleeper i I think he's very strong um you know startup is definitely where my ears perked up to him you know all the scenes with him and and kelvin harrison because he played kelvin harrison's father but um i think he's strong just kind of like a very silent put him in the right role um can really shine i don't see him like carrying a whole film but and i agree with you and i I think this was the a movie that did a great job of putting him in that kind of role, you know, mm-hmm. that had a, a, a kind of beginning, middle and end, you know, and, and I, I a hundred percent agree with you. I, I am looking forward to him. This, this showed me that I think he can do it mm-hmm. and that I, I, I like him as an actor. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Bet man. Well, um... Hey yo, it's your boy, Eddie Gatheggi here. <laughs> <laughs> Come on in the kitchen and get some meatballs. Get some meatballs. <laughs> Oh um, well, shit. I, I I guess that's that might just do it then for the heart of they fall. Um, definitely to me, this is top tier Netflix in terms of like Netflix original films. I would I would have to put this on the top ten because um, you know they they have a lot of misses, but they have a few hits. And and uh, before we go, what's everybody's number one Netflix film? Netflix original film? Uh, Does, do y'all have one? For me, it's Beast uh, of No Nation. I was gonna say Beast of No Nation, and then a close tie is the the one that Tom Holland did. Where the devil all the time, yeah. devil all the time. I think that was so. Depressing as shit. It is very different. That's so I would, I would Beast of No Nation and the Devil All the Time are my. That was British actor all stars being yeah. depressing ass 
white people mm-hmm. in the South. In the South yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they did to um, white people what they do to black people. They told your struggle with British actors. <laughs> <That's the, laughs> that movie's like American Gothic, and you're like, okay, I think what I think I get what's going on here. And then there's like a dead dog carcass halfway through the movie, and I was like, okay, I did not know what was going on. <laughs> I must be demented because I didn't feel that depressed watching it. So. What? That shit was depressing. Yeah. <laughs> That's my that's my that's right up my alley. That type of time. I also films. remember Tracy. You did watch Joker in 2019, and, we, and you said it was fun. You said it was a good time. I love dark. I love I, two things that I love that you don't like, Chancellor. I love I love movies. He called you by his dog <laughs> sorry, name. He called you by his dog name. Chandler. It's a fucking D and a C. They're like you know right next to each other on the keyboard. Whatever. <laughs> but you're not using a keyboard. <laughs> yeah, it's one right in front of me. You know what I mean? Oh, We've been but, friends for a long. Long time, man. I know. You I'm sorry. My name up. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I apologize. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's uh, all right. I I love if a movie if a movie is over two hours, I'm automatically intrigued. Like that tight ninety shit is out the window for me, man. I like no, no, no. I like I like having to take piss breaks in the middle of my movie, man. <laughs> Well, that that brings me to my favorite Netflix movie, The Irishman. <laughs> really, really? That's insane. Yeah. Oh That's man, I did not. I didn't yeah. like that shit. No. So, um, first off, Avatar looks more realistic than the Irishman. Uh, <laughs> second off, <laughs> I think just to be, just to be like a, what am I doing? Playing devil's advocate, I'd probably say like Roma is my favorite Netflix film, oh, just because yeah, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like yeah. one. Because, and this is like a boring take, but I, anything that like premieres on Netflix as a Netflix original, that is a huge barrier of entry to me yeah. like you know bong joon ho was like you gotta you gotta get past the one inch tall barrier of subtitles yeah. i got like a hundred foot tall game of thrones size ass barrier For to Netflix get arena. past yes because i Same go in here. with i go in with such an inherent bias that it's gonna be bad and that's it's totally unfair and like sometimes movies like this one can convince me yeah that they're good but man, as soon as that, you know, you turn it on and it goes boom, and I'm like, <laughs> Jesus, I don't want to watch this. Yeah, I'm, um, I, I totally have the same bias. Yeah. yeah. But Roma was, Roma is like a Netflix movie in name only. Yeah. Right. It is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is Beast of No Nation, was that also originally meant for the theater? Yeah, I've. Uh, I think it was. Uh, yeah, I think it was originally meant for. The, I think that was the first time I remember hearing a controversy because it, yeah. it came out in theaters and it came out streaming the same time. Yeah. Is that that Carrie Fukunaga movie? Yes, I've never it's seen it. Powerful. It's good. Idris Elba's Very in good. that as well too. Idris Elba plays a bad guy in that joint. Man, yo, amazing. Oh, he's awful in that movie. He, he's yeah, he's awful. fucking yeah. He's he's unbearable, man. But the the film is so emotional, man. It. Yeah, Carrie Joji, he's like, he's one of those, he's one of those ones, man, where it's like, if he's attached to something, I'm probably going to watch it, man, because he just knows how to handle material. Uh, hey, Trezzy, have you seen uh, No Time to Die? <laughs> no time, I haven't no, I seen haven't No Time to Die, so don't tell I, me anything. No, to. no, I'm not going to say anything about yeah. it, but it's, I think it's phenomenal, and it's phenomenal. it was very exciting. I, I'm a fan of him ever since... Uh, true detective and then he was attached to that mm-hmm. it movie for years and then he ended up getting fired off of that and this, this guy's been trying to make like a big budget movie for a long time and it, it, so if you like him I, and i had never even seen his other features so if you like that movie you should definitely seek out no time to die it's very interesting to see how he works with him and he's the first american director of a bond movie go figure mm. yeah 
Nice. Yeah, no, that's big. Wow, Martin Martin Campbell is not American? I, no. Yeah, you're right. You are absolutely right. Martin Campbell, yeah, of course, notable for doing two different uh, freshman outings for, yeah. uh, for Bonds. Mm-hmm. Lizzie, do you have a favorite Netflix film? Uh, the extended version of Hateful Eight. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. The miniseries. That's a, that's a, it's a, the four hour version of hatefully. Yeah, really? Oh, I need to go mm-hmm. back. I watched that. that last Christmas. I mean, that's that's a cheat, good. right? That just means I it don't have cheat. one. Right. Okay, but got it, the, got the, it. the 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 best thing that they ever did was was put the four hour version of that movie up. Right. Yeah. I, I actually, I, I mean, unpopular take, not my favorite, but I enjoyed Bright. Like, I'd like to return to the <sighs> universe. What? Yeah, I, I didn't I say that it had yeah. What did you say, Martin? I will watch it again. I will watch a sequel. Yeah. I will watch a sequel to Bright. Like, <laughs> what do they call it? Bright 2? Dark? <laughs> no, it'd just be Bright and then whatever, like Harry Potter. But to me, that's what it is. It's Harry Potter in the hood. Like, we don't have to go to like a stuffy castle in England somewhere to have a story about magical people. Mm-hmm. They can be like diverse in race and culture in a different way um, and relatable in the present day. Do I think Bright is a good movie? Not really. Mm. But I would like to see what else happens in that universe. I remember the guy who whoever the guy who wrote that got an an obscene amount of money for writing that fucking script. Wasn't it like Landis's kid or whatever? Yeah, or is it, it Max Landis? Landis? Max Landis. Yeah. He got something like two or three million to write that shit. Yeah, talk about like problematic people in in Hollywood. That guy is like maybe one of the worst. Oh really? I I don't know anything about. Him. Uh, he's no good. If you remember when Star Wars: The Force Awakens came out and people were talking about May or uh, Ray being a Mary Sue, Max Landis Twitter thread is where that started. Oh wow! A Mary Sue? Oh yeah. yeah. No, he's well. Like he didn't invent the term, but he's the his. He had a viral Twitter thread that got the whole conversation started. That still persists to this day in the dark corners of YouTube. I don't know what that means. Is what I'm saying. It's like somebody who could do like a a female character that is like overpowered or could do anything without really building the character development for her to do the things that she does. Is basically his whole argument was. Sure, I'm not opposed to a female lead in Star Wars, but you got to prove to me why she deserves it. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. jeez, on that it's no, no good. Man. Yeah, I can't sometimes got... the option to shut up just does not yeah, wash. Over I cannot people. believe you guys. I mean, you're not as deep in the Star Wars community as I think me and Martin are, but like that toxic Star Wars takes <laughs> are a plenty. I mean, can you attest to that being true, Martin? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think these these three movies were kind of like a failure. So yeah. there's a lot of space for people to come in and like criticize it. Yeah. But I, well, I, I and sometimes I was, in yeah. a justified way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I I just think that and and we can go, but I just think that there's plenty of opportunity for you to like pick up the phone and have a conversation with your homeboy, but it doesn't need to make it onto like your public platforms. There's plenty of shit that I say that I would never say publicly <laughs> just right. for like me having the sense to edit myself. And I probably should even do it more. But golly, that's a lot. Self-awareness is hard to come by these days, I think. Yeah. And especially with, and this is just, this is going to age really poorly, but the the Gen Zers, I worry about their self-awareness outside of the, the internet. Hmm. I have, like, I'm the oldest of seven siblings. And the younger they get, the less self-aware I can perceive them being, right? Interesting. I didn't know you had six other siblings. Yeah, it's complicated. Uh, I get it. I get it. Same here. But uh, 
yeah, that's that, man, for the harder they fall. You know the vibes. Uh, catch our socials, our Instagram and our Facebook page at Kinda Movie Critics and our Twitter at Kinda Movie Crits, C-R-I-T-S. Um, I think that's that, man. Remember, we call ourselves Kinda Movie Critics because we kind of are, we're kind of not, just a bunch of people that like to watch movies. This has been an On Ear Network production.